John 8, 12. I'm going to read a number of scriptures to you. You don't need to turn there because they're short. Um, John 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke again to the people and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then going back to the book of Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 22, he says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And listen to this question. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And then finally, from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, and verse 8, let's do um, verse (laughs) 7, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, he goes through a list of vices, Because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord and have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed, here's what I want you to see, everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So, One of the things that would be interesting to do if you're, you know, studious or just interested (laughs) is to get out like on BibleGateway.com or eBible.com or whatever, or if you're really old school like me, get your concordance out and look at the word light or the word darkness and look at how much it's used throughout the New Testament. Uh, We kind of miss that, I think. When we look at it, how much the light is used and light in contradiction to darkness, right? It was so much a part of early Christianity that there are archaeological excavations in the Middle East. And please understand that uh, the Middle East, particularly around Galilee and the areas where Jesus was uh, ministering and involved, were very cosmopolitan for their day, and they were very, uh, th- those ancient people were very religious, very uh, mystical, very philosophical. And Buddhism had already come around a few centuries before that time period, and so there was a lot of migration uh, from the Far East into the Middle East, and, and uh, they had these trade routes and whatever. And so they found archaeological excavations where other um, particularly Buddhists had encountered Christians and they referred to Christianity as the religion of light. Amen. The religion of light. And so uh, John in another place, in First John, he says, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So there's this whole concept 
of God being or God's being being light. And then also in Ephesians, we see here that we are light in the Lord. Remember on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus went up on the mountain, he was transfigured and he became radiant and his face shone like the sun. Right. When Paul was first Saul, before he was Paul, when he was headed out to persecute Christians, he said he saw a great light and the Lord appeared to him and spoke to him out of the light. And so there's this whole conceptualization, this whole idea of light that I kind of want to work with this morning and work it into what we've been talking about and particularly contrasting it with darkness. So... Here's the picture that I want you to get. Here's the picture from the scriptures. We have a tendency to think of ourselves real easy for you. When I was reading out of John 8, Jesus, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so we have a tendency. We can see Jesus as light, maybe lighting our path, guiding our path. Maybe we think of scripture because in Psalm 119 it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Maybe we think about scriptures lighting our path or whatever. But I think very few of us actually think of ourselves as light. But Paul goes that far. He says, you, you were once darkness. He didn't say you were in darkness. He said you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And then he talks about having no fellowship. Even though you are light, you can still have fellowship or partnership or you can align yourself with the works of darkness. It's not about your being. Your being is light. But even as a being of light, you can fellowship with the works of darkness or align yourself with the works of darkness. Doesn't change who you are. It just alters your experience of who you are. <laughs> then he goes on and says something really interesting. He says, he says, when there's darkness, if the light comes, the light not only illuminates what's in the darkness, makes it visible, but whatever then is illuminated, whatever becomes visible, becomes light. So light has this transforming quality about it. Right? So we can think about it this way. We are primarily beings of light who serve the ultimate being of light for God is light and in him there is no darkness, right? And so really what we do then is as we align ourselves with light, we become conduits. That's really what we are designed to do. When we talk about thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, when we talk about thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, we're talking about becoming a conduit for the light of God to flow through us. And that's all about aligning ourselves with light, walking in the light, not in the darkness, Uh, exposing the darkness rather than having fellowship with the darkness. And so the more we align ourselves with light, the more we become a conduit for the light, then the more of God's presence and power and life and joy and peace and love and all of that flows through us. And that's intrinsic to our nature. That's intrinsically who we are. So you can think about that light as the nature of God, too. Are you staying with me? Now, we know that God's nature is unconditional love because John says, again, John says God is light, but he also says God is 
love. And that love is unconditional. And so the context of Ephesians 5, he says, forgive one another and walk in love. Imitate God and walk in love. So that when you're walking in the light, you're walking in love. So if I'm loving, I'm aligning and becoming that conduit. When I'm not loving, I'm out of alignment. And so therefore, I'm having fellowship with the works of darkness. Are you tracking with me? So then here's the issue. Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount. If your eye is healthy, the way you see things, if it's healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is unhealthy, if the way you see things is unhealthy, then your whole body will be full of darkness. And then he makes an interesting statement. He says, if the light, therefore, if the light within you is darkness, how deep is the darkness? And so here's our issue right now. While we're in this world, we are a mixture of light and dark. We just are. If we weren't, then we would be fully aligned. So when Jesus goes on the Mount of Transfiguration, he's fully aligned so that he becomes transfigured and the light manifests to everyone around him. So there is a no hold, he's a no holds barred conduit for the light in that moment. Does that make sense? Our Bible say when Peter was walking down the street that they would bring the people that his shadow might come across, right? But shadow implies darkness and it's actually not a correct translation. The better translation would be that they brought him in front of his radiance. And there have been stories all the way down through church history of people who were transfigured, who radiated, literally, the light of God. But these are people who <laughs> are unhindered conduits of the light. I don't know about you, I'm not there yet. <laughs> so that means there's still darkness in there, right? Right? So the issue is to align myself, the more I can align myself with the light, which is to align myself with unconditional love, then the more that that radiates through me, the more of the kingdom comes into my life. And the more I'm true to who I really am. Because remember, even though you may be fellowshipping with the darkness, you're not darkness. You're light. But we become deceived and forget again. So now I'm back to where we've been. We forget who we are, (laughs) and we get trapped in these snares of darkness. So let's talk about that a little bit today. So that was all introduction, but I I want to paint that image for you. Does does that make sense? So here's the ideal. So over here, you guys are the lucky ones. I'm kidding, but I'm trying to give you a visual demonstration. Just trying to give you a visual. So over here is walking fully in the light. Now think for a minute, what would it be like... To just be aware of God's presence for yourself. To just be aware of God's unconditional love for you and everybody else. To only be aware of those things. To only be aware of His power and presence with you at every moment. How would you feel about yourself? And how would you conduct yourself in your day-to-day life? Right? Now over here, (laughs) we have the darkness, right? Now, 
obviously when it's dark, you can't see. So if your eye is unhealthy, you're full of darkness. See how Jesus is working the metaphor? All right, so over here then is the place of not unconditional love. Is the place of not being only aware. Or, but let's do it this way. This is the place of not unconditional love. This is the place of not love. This is the place of no presence of God. This is the place of total independence as though God did not exist. Where it's really just about self. Self is the most important thing. Self to the exclusion of everything else. So no awareness of the presence of God, no awareness of our dependence upon the presence of God, no awareness of, no consciousness of appreciation for who God is, no awareness of appreciation for who you are, and no real love, just selfishness. Does that work? That's darkness. Now, most of us are not totally experiencing this, or we wouldn't be here this morning. But very few of us are totally experiencing this. But this, in the light, is where we can live. Right? So what we end up doing is we have times and seasons and moments where it's just light. And then we take these detours into the dark. And then we kind of come to ourselves and we come back to the light And then we take these detours over here. And so maybe we're somewhere in the middle. We're like the twilight people. I'm serious. I'm I'm really not joking about it. We're we're kind of in the twilight zone. That'd be a good title for the message. Getting out of the twilight zone. Oh, man. I'd have to work that up. I could have done the music. Maybe I'll preach it again next week. It'll be the refined version of it. We can make a whole series. Wouldn't that be fun? They'd probably kick us out off of YouTube, though. But really, we are twilight people because we're not fully in the day, but we're not fully in the night either. So we're kind of this blend of the two, right? So now let's get really practical. How do we, if you think about it, when we're talking about the four, the four agreements, we've been talking about the four agreements, When you make those agreements, what you do actually is you're making a commitment to walk in the light. Because watch this. If I decide to be harmless with my word, both in what I say externally as well as my self-talk, what I'm saying to myself about myself. Because see, in this realm, I'm only aware of God's presence. I'm only aware of his love. I'm only aware of his peace, his goodness, right? So... There is no harmful word that can come out of my mouth. Because that's not love. So I couldn't say to myself, oh, you stupid idiot. Oh, you knucklehead. Oh, I messed up again. Oh, I can't believe how much my life sucks. See, I can't think that way when I'm over here. So as I make those commitments, I'm disconnecting from that place over there, because here's the place, the darkness is the place of, I forgot it, then I'm loved. So the darkness is the place of, oh, not again. Oh, I don't know where I'm going in life. Oh, I'm so messed up. 
golly, I can't believe I got angry with the boys again. What a terrible father I am. Oh, I can't believe. You see what I'm saying? And so we start that self-talk, right? So that's the first agreement. I'm going to be impeccable with my word. I'm not going to, I'm going to be harmless with my word. I'm not going to say anything against myself. I'm not going to say anything against or do anything against myself or someone else. Right? But now here's the thing. The second agreement then is don't take anything personally. So just say with me, don't take, don't take anything personally. So if somebody walks up to you in the street and says, you're a stupid idiot. You've got a choice. You can say, that's about, see, if I, if I were to walk up to Julie, just man in the street, and say, you're a stupid idiot, she's got a choice she can make. She can say, wow, what an angry person who's walking in the darkness. And she doesn't, and she disconnects from it immediately because she doesn't take it personally. So it doesn't get in her. Which means she walks away from that and it does not expend any more mental or emotional effort on it at all. Right? Or I can walk up to her and say, you're a stupid idiot. And she can get defensive for a minute. But then if there's darkness inside her, see, this is where Jesus said, if the light within you is darkness, how deep is the darkness? If there's already somewhere inside her that she thinks maybe I am stupid or she agreed with somebody somewhere along the road who told her that she was stupid or she agreed with somebody who told her she was an idiot. She might start entertaining that thought. Well, how does he know? Is he prophetic or does everybody know that I'm an idiot? Is it transparent to everybody? And then out comes the defensiveness. Out comes her pitchfork, right? Well, who does he think he is to call me a stupid idiot? I'll tell you what he is. He's a no good, worthless bum. And if I see him again, I'm going to let him know. But see, if there was no darkness within her, that, let's do it this way. When somebody says or does something to you, I don't care who it is, I don't care what they say, I don't care what they do. If somebody says and does something to you, the only way it affects you is if it's like an airplane. Think about it like an airplane, all right? So here's this airplane flying around of hate and anger and strife and bitterness and whatever else, condescension, whatever else you can think of, hate, whatever, right? Arrogance. And it's flying around. And the only way it can disturb you is if you have a runway inside your life. And the only way you can have a runway inside your life is if you've made an agreement somewhere with the thing that's said or done. And then when you choose, when you and I choose to take it personally, we let that airplane, so to speak, land. Do you understand the metaphor? We let that airplane land in our heart. We let it land inside our mind. But the only reason it can is because we've already made the runway for it. You don't just land a plane anywhere. You have to land a plane where the runway's already been made. So if I walk up to Julie and say, you're a stupid idiot, and there's no runway, there's no agreement of that whatsoever in her life, there's no place for that plane to land. That plane's got to find another airport to land in. Does that make sense? So she can walk away from that experience and be fine. But if she's been told that, if she's made those agreements somewhere along the way, then she's made the runway. So for her, the problem is not the plane. 
The problem is the runway inside her life that gives space for the plane to land. (laughs) And the only way that can happen is if there's darkness there. But we don't recognize darkness as darkness. We think it's light. This is where we get really self-righteous. How dare he call me a stupid idiot? Isn't he a Christian? Christians aren't supposed to say stuff like that. Doesn't he know all the stuff I've done for him? Doesn't, know we've, doesn't he know we've lived together for the last 23 years? <laughs> doesn't he know the times I've done his laundry and cooked him food and took care of him when he was sick? She, yeah, her thing is, yeah, you're a man of faith. You need to get out of bed. <laughs> Come on, miracle worker. <laughs> get up. <laughs> okay, so may, but anyway. But do you see it? So she starts, doesn't he know all that stuff I did? Doesn't he know blah, 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 blah? And now the next thing you know, now we're into this argument of darkness. We're in this place because she took it personally. She took it personally. It's no longer about me and where I'm at. Now all of a sudden she's internalized it and made it about her. And the moment she does that, she cannot be in the light. The moment... That somebody says something to you and you take it personally is the moment you come out of alignment, your conduit gets a little bit clogged. And you get sidetracked. Does that make sense? Let's talk about trust. When I'm over here, light in the Lord, right? The presence of God, the light of God, when I'm over here, then I'm only aware of his unconditional love. I'm only aware of his all-pervasive presence. What do I have to fear? The psalmist said it this way, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? See, in an environment of unconditional love, in an environment where you feel totally supported unconditionally regardless of what you may or may not have done right or wrong, that is an environment in which trust can flourish. I can trust God in the process of my life. I can trust God in the process of my relationships. Right? And I'm in this place of communion or fellowship with Him So I'm being guided and led. I'm not walking in darkness. I have the light of life. Right? So if if I'm over here and somebody lies to me, it has no effect on me. If I put expectations on somebody and they mismanage those expectations, or they don't handle those expectations, or they just flat out let me down or or do something wrong to me, it does not affect me because I'm greater. I'm in a realm and an environment and in a consciousness that is greater than that one event, that is greater than somebody's ability to hurt me. See, I can be transparent in this place, even with my weaknesses, because if I let my weaknesses out and it, it gets other people all bothered... It has no ability to hurt me because I don't take it personally. 
because I have total trust. So this is the ideal. So the ideal would be, now I realize in our lives practically it's a little bit different, but the ideal would be I could let all my garbage out there and make it visible. I don't have to hide it. I can make it visible. And I can realize that, let's even say 90% of the people in the world, let's say 95%, let's say 98% of the people in the world or the people in my life are going to judge me and reject me based on their judgment of me. See, that's the key. They're going to reject me based on their judgment of me, but that's based on their judgment. That's not based on anything about me. So I air my dirty laundry to someone I trust, and someone I trust goes and airs my dirty laundry to a bunch of people that have problems with judgments. And they're attacking me, but they're not attacking me because of my issue. They're, the real cause of their attack is not my issue. The real cause of their attack is their judgment, the charge that they have on their life about my issue. So then we can begin to explore what, how deep is their darkness. Which is why most of you are probably old enough to remember that, uh, you know, the, during the Jim Baker days when Jim Baker got caught doing whatever he did, you know, you go way back to the 80s when Jim Baker got caught, that big televangelist that got caught, I don't even remember what he was doing. Uh, I think there was a woman involved. And then it gets exposed. And then Jimmy Swaggart comes out and just starts hammering Jim Baker, right? Just as hard as he could hammer him, and only to get to be exposed that he's paying prostitutes on the side, right? So, do you see what I'm getting at? So, why is a person? The real issue is what's causing a person to have a judgment on the issue to begin with. It's a deeper level of darkness than just the judgment. But the point is, the, the issue, if, that, if they're attacking you, it's about their judgment. It's not about you or your issue, see? So, but here's what we do. So I trust Nick with my deepest, darkest secret, let's say, of an issue that I'm struggling with and dealing with. And he goes out and tells Rob and Tiffany about all my problems that I have. And it triggers their judgments because they got a real judgment on that issue, whatever it may be. Um, maybe I, uh, hypothetically speaking, no, I better not because I'll get myself in trouble. Um, we'll just, you can invent an issue. And, and, then, and, then, and then they have a judgment on that. So they start attacking me for that issue and won't be my friend anymore and won't return my phone call and come and tell me what a dirty, rotten, horrible hypocrite that I am, right? And so now if I take it personally, now I'm hurt and upset with them. Wow, I must really be a dirty, rotten hypocrite. When in reality, I'm trying not to be because I'm trying to be transparent. But their judgment is something else. You know, I'm, they, you guys know this is all hypothetical, right? And, and then I'm mad at Nick because Nick, I trusted Nick and he let me down. So then what I do, I just can't trust people. So then I make decisions that take me out of the light. I'm never going to open my mouth like that again. If I have a problem like that, see, if the light makes something visible and transform it. But I say, if I, if, 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 if I ever have a problem like that again, I'm not telling anybody but Jesus. And then even him, I'm not too sure, because the Bible says something about every secret thing being exposed or something. So even, even he's going to rat me out in front of everybody. So now I'm not even sure I could trust him. 
So now I'm moving even further and deeper into the darkness. And so now I'm trying to work out my problem over here. Well, you just, you know how people are, you just can't trust them. You know how Christians are, you just can't trust them. You know how leaders are, you just can't trust them. So I make all kinds of, now I'm, now I'm not being impeccable. God, I was so stupid. I can't believe I was so stupid to trust Nick. That was just so stupid. And man, I was just sure that Rob and Tiffany, they were my friends. You just don't know if you can trust anybody in this world or in this life. And I'm clear over here in the depths of darkness. And then I'm going to find somebody else that I can talk about. Do you know what they did to me? Ah, I just got to tell you, I mean, can you believe it? And I know they're going to do it again. Because that's just how they are. Now I'm in judgment. I'm not being impeccable. But I love Jesus. But the whole time I'm in the dark. But see, if, if, I'm, if I'm here, I've got a choice. See, when I'm here, I'm just trusting the Lord. I'm trusting His unconditional love. I'm trusting His presence. I'm trusting the unfolding of my life. And that situation happens. Now I've got a choice because I'm in the twilight. Which, which way am I going to go? Am I going to choose to concentrate more on being over here because to do that i've got to love myself see i I really am convinced that we're here on this planet like like we talk so much especially in our circles that i've been a part of we talk so much about purpose and destiny and what's my purpose and what's my ministry and what's my what's my gift and what's my 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 and they got looked over overlooked and i didn't get to sing on the platform because they let somebody else sing on the platform and i didn't get to teach because they let somebody else teach and i just don't know what my ministry is and i probably don't have any value in the church anyway and i'm really not kind of that kind of a spiritual person oh wait (laughs) sorry (laughs) and then we're clear over there in the darkness wondering what's my purpose What if, really, the whole thing is to learn to love? What if that really is the whole thing? What if it really does boil down to that simple? Whether you are uh, a doctor, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're a football coach, whether you're uh, pushing keyboards because you're doing data entry or whatever kind of thing you're doing, or you're working construction, or you're preaching the gospel to thousands of people, or you're impacting the world with writing books, or you're singing on a large stage in front of thousands of people. What if really it's not about any of that stuff? What if it's really about you can have all that stuff, but the issue is did you learn to love? Did you learn to love? And what if we let go of, because see, when we're, when we're focused on all the external stuff, if I gotta have my ministry, and I gotta have my platform, and I gotta have my impact, and I gotta fulfill my purpose, then we start comparing ourselves. And then when things don't go right for us, we're disappointed. And then when we're disappointed, we start with all the negative self-talk again. And then we're not even operating in the first agreement. But what if we just shifted our focus and said, to be in the light, is to be an unconditional love. And my job, my mission, my lesson, the whole reason I'm here in this life is to learn how to love 
and how to love without judgment and how to love unconditionally? What if that is, what if that is walking in the light and manifesting in the light? What if that's what it's about? And learning to do no harm. What if all those lists of things that Paul tells us not to do and that Jesus tells us not to do has absolutely nothing to do with your moral willpower and has everything to do with how to live a healthy, happy life where you do no harm? What if it's more about pain and pleasure than it is about right and wrong? There's a very interesting statement at the end of the Bible, <laughs> Revelation 21. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, right? And there will be no more death and there will be no more pain. The old order of things has passed away. So what if everything that's quote unquote wrong with the old order is simply death and pain? He didn't say everything wrong will be done away with because the old order has passed away. He said everything painful and hurtful will be gone because the old order has passed away. And so what if we started living our life based on that more, that type of an understanding? So we say part of learning to love is learning to be harmless. Right? And the the first lesson, the first lesson is not learning how to love my neighbor. Learning how to love my neighbors like middle school, high school. And Jesus even said that we should love our enemies. That's like graduate school. No, really, because he said a greater life, or I'm sorry, a greater love has no one than he would lay down his life for his friends. But Jesus took it one step further and laid down his life for his enemies. For when we were enemies with God, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. It's like the greatest love we could achieve is to love our friends, the people that love us enough that we'd lay down our lives. But there's an even greater unconditional love that says, I'll even go that extra mile to love my enemy. See, you can't love your enemy and be in judgment. So the whole thing is to be able to let go of judgment and be all embracing. Now, I can't do that. That's like Olympic-style stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I'm over here in the lifetime sports at 40-something. Does that make sense to you? So what if the first step, the first lesson then, is to learn how to take that unconditional love that is the light and apply it to myself? That I can be as all-embracing... Because, you know, you can have an enemy inside yourself. Anybody ever thought they were their own worst enemy? And what do you want to do with that enemy? (laughs) Get rid of it. Figure out how to change it. Go buy another self-help book. Go to another seminar. Get somebody else to lay hands on me. Fix it. Get rid of it because it's causing me pain. But what if it's impossible to love your enemy across the ocean or next door, or at work, or in the bed next to you, (laughs) depending on your situation. (laughs) I'm talking about loving your enemies. (laughs) I'm just saying. This is real here. What if, you know, the first step to that is learning how to love the enemy within you? 
What if the first step to learning to love is learning how to so love yourself? Because it used to be, it used to bother me when people talk about loving themselves. Because I think, why do I need to love myself? Because God loves me. But see, then I'm not learning how to love. I'm just, I'm totally in infancy, just, oh, God loves me, isn't God wonderful, God loves me. (laughs) But can I love myself? And can I love myself totally and unconditionally and without judgment? Because if I can't do that, then my eye is unhealthy. I'm not seeing clearly. Or correctly. Because see over here in the light, when I see, I see and view everything in the realm of unconditional love. And I don't care how much you love your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, whatever. That love that you feel. But you know what? They're on their own journey. You can't be with them all the time. You can't stay with them all the time. That you will always be with you. More than anybody else. And you'll die and they'll, life will go on. Or they'll die and your life will go on. So you, you, you are not connected to anybody in the same way that you are connected to yourself. So the first lesson then is to learn how to create an internal environment where you have nothing but love for yourself. Which means you have to accept those parts of yourself that are unloving, even those parts that are unloving towards you. See, this is how radical this gets. So let's say that I'm, I've got this real self-hatred thing going on. I've got this voice inside my head that tells me how worthless I am, how horrible I am, what an idiot I am. Those are all based on agreements that I made. And they're in the dark, and they're deep. And I don't even know they're there until somebody comes and calls me an idiot. And it's actually in the, in the providence of God that that happens so I could take a look at how I'm not loving myself. When I trust somebody and they let me down and it disappoints me because I trusted them and they let me down, it's, it's providence because it's showing me that I don't trust myself. But I'm not able to process it that way because I've been taught, for one thing. And over here in this realm, we don't process. We don't look at ourselves in that way. We're too important. We're too right. See, that's why if the light is in you, it's darkness. Are you seeing it? Because you'll always, there's just something about your ego and my ego, that false self that we've developed, that, that personality that we know ourselves as, that we will always try to put ourselves in the best light. Particularly when we have an, a self-accusation. Right? So we'll agree with it. I must be an idiot. I must be stupid. I must be whatever. <laughs> Instead of realizing it's the agreement that's the problem, not the person, not the situation. And once you make that rec- recognition, see, that's how simple this is. Once you make that recognition, Pam does something to me that I take personally and I feel this emotional charge on it. I've got two choices. I'm in the twilight. The choice of darkness is to make it about, to make it about, to personalize it and attack Pam. Because I have to defend myself. The moment I have to defend myself, I've already agreed. It happens that fast. I don't have to defend myself against something I don't even believe. 
You could accuse me all day long of robbing Minnequah Works Federal Credit Union. Come tell me, Aaron, that robbery that happened, whatever, that was you that did that. That has no effect on me whatsoever. Now, if the cops show up and start planting evidence, that might be a different deal. But But see, the reality is, is whatever you're accused of, you've already planted evidence against yourself. Otherwise, it has as little effect on you as somebody coming and saying you robbed that bank. You get it? So something happens here and I get this charge. So I've got, so I get defensive, so I've got a choice. I can attack her with the darkness that's in me. Well, Pam, you, you ought to see. And I don't necessarily go to her because I'm too afraid because I'm in the dark. So I go to Julie. Would you believe what Pam did to me? Or I can feel that charge and I can take the step towards the light and say, you know what? There's, there's darkness in me that's pulling me over there. See, it's so simple. All I have to do is recognize it and own the charge and realize that charge is about an agreement. It's about fellowship with the works of darkness. And, and I don't beat up on myself because I'm impeccable with my word. Huh. There's still darkness in there. Wow, she did that to me. That really affected me. That put a charge on me. Wow, isn't that interesting that that's still there? I wonder what I agreed with. I wonder what agreement inside of me is causing me to get so worked up about that. The moment I do that, I'm stepping even out of the twilight and fully into the light. Because now I'm dealing with the reality of the situation. Does that make sense to you? And whatever is made illuminated by the light does what? Becomes light. So I don't even necessarily have to figure out where did I agree with that? How did that happen? Take me back into my childhood <laughs> to when that happened so I can undo that. that. That might be helpful. That might be part of the work that's over here, but it's not even necessary half the time because half the time all I have to do is expose it and say, huh, I must believe I'm an idiot. Wow. Who knew? How interesting that that's still in there. See, I'm staying out of judgment. I'm staying in the realm of unconditional love. And then, remember, part of being impeccable with your word is you have the right to change your mind. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. So she calls me a stupid idiot or she says, you're a lousy preacher. Well, how dare she? Does she know how hard it is getting up every week trying to come up with something else to keep you all entertained? (laughs) How much work I put into this? Or I can realize, wow, I'm still unsure about what I'm doing. I wonder what that's about. You know what? I'm just going to choose to believe that I'm just fine. I'm doing my best. And my best is good enough. And maybe she was having a bad day. And I move on. Simple. But it's, it's just a matter of which one do I want to align with. Do I want to align with the light? Or do I want to align with the darkness? Do I want to align with life? Or do I want to align with death? Do I want to align with unconditional love? Or do I want to align with the darkness of judgment? Is my eye healthy? Do, do, is my eye healthy? Do I see myself? In the light of that unconditional love. Do I see myself as light in the Lord? Because if I see myself with a healthy eye, I can't help but love myself. 
But when I start seeing myself as stupid, when I start seeing myself as uh, a bad preacher, when I start seeing myself as a bad husband or a bad father or a bad, 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 see the judgments? Now my eye is unhealthy. Now here comes all the darkness. It's really simple. But it's why we keep stressing, get out of judgment. Get out of judgment. Don't even look at things as positive and negative. Look at things as hurtful or helpful. Painful or pleasurable. Hurtful or resourceful. Hurtful or harmless. How about that? Really simple because we're geared that way. We really are geared that way. To stay out of pain... We just have to return to our original programming, <laughs> which I'm going to let you guys do right now. So <laughs> stand up. <laughs> we'll just say a quick prayer. I hope that's helpful. I mean, it's so simple, but it can be so incredibly powerful. And we create so much suffering for ourselves that is unnecessary. It's just if you're able and willing, just lift your hands. Let's just invite. Let's just invite that light right now. Let's just. Align ourselves and Holy Spirit, Divine Father, Creator of all, Source of all that is. We invite your healing presence and light right now. We choose, we just make choices right now, just simple ones, to align ourselves with your light, to be the people of the light. And we recognize and affirm that we are light. And so it's very simple to just let light be. Light be. And we thank you that that releases healing emotionally. That releases healing for us mentally. Repairs our hearts and our minds from hurtful words and agreements that we made. And even brings healing into our bodies. And even allows that healing to flow out from us to others. So that we become servants of the light, workers of the light. And we give you thanks for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.